uninjected, unafraid, and unowned. The Todd Herman Show. The Todd Herman Show is 100% disapproved by big pharma, technocrats, and tyrants everywhere. Now, from the high mountains of free America, here's the Emerald City Exile, Todd Herman. Today is the day the Lord has made, and these are the times to which God has decided we shall live. And if I sound like I'm fluctuating in volume, I'm pushing through a cold, probably the long COVID. It's not the long COVID. I get this every fall. Comes on like an allergy and persists for a little while like a bad cold with aches. No need to panic about that CBS News YouGov has a really disturbing and in some ways very funny poll (laughs) they asked people likely voters what's most important which is your bigger concern they asked uh, they asked a functioning democracy whatever that means or a strong economy. People who intend to vote for Democrats said 63% to 29% a functioning democracy, whatever that means. And a strong economy was 21% for Democrats, 70% for Republicans. So there's a lot of ways to read this, and I think it gave the lead away in, so whatever is a functioning democracy? Because we're not a democracy. Let's start with that. But there's then this. Same poll, same people feel things in the U.S. today are, quote, under control or, quote, out of control. 79% say it's out of control. And then we get to a couple of headlines that can put this in focus. The people who run Joe Biden um, are going, they're, they're accusing the state of Arizona of trespassing. And how would the state of Arizona trespass? Did they go seize part of Washington, D.C.? Did they plant the Arizona flag on Joe Biden's, on one of his many homes? Did they break into his office and raid him with the Arizona State Patrol? No, they put up cargo containers on the border of Arizona and Mexico on Arizona's land. So the, 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 some people would say, that's the shot. Here's the chaser. Hmm. The Fox News people report that the Mexican police uh, concur that there was a dog spotted in Mexico running around with a severed human head in its mouth. That's, by the way, south of Arizona. The appearance that things are out of control is absolutely correct. 
which brings us back to functioning democracy. What is it that Democrats think is not functioning? Is it the figurehead? You know, it's far more likely that what they see is the same thing we see. The increase in crime. The falling apart of our infrastructure. Now, they're unlikely to see the transing of kids and the perverting of the minds of kids and sadly, the uh, separation of kids from God by way of turning them into uh, angry, drug-addicted, little racist sex bots which is what so many uh, activists who, per- you know, who parade around pretending to be teachers are doing. But they have this sense of things. Well, you know what? What's going to happen when it comes true? That, that things are out of control. Because things are bordering on being out of control. But what happens when things go completely out of control? And why am I saying when? Well, there's this fascinating phrase. A rapidly devolving situation. And it was put out not by a person, and that's important. It was put out by an organization, and it's not a government organization. And it's tied to a very specific thing. A very specific aspect of American society Uh, which is we've been talking about for a few weeks that is in severe, severe trouble. Hey, have you tried uh, for a very long time to drop uh, a bunch of fat from your body or bothersome fat? So a bunch of fat, that seems like a bigger deal. And in all honesty, it probably is. If you're like me and you're 150 pounds overweight with fat, that is a big deal because it affects your sleep. It also gets between your organs. It gets uh, inside between, yeah, between your organs. And that can lead to problems with breathing and heart rate and, and respiration, et cetera. And it can be very bothersome as well. Like, Just clothes don't fit. You don't like the way you look. You don't go out and do things that are fun. Uh, Sometimes you feel guilty. I felt guilty being a terrible example to to my kiddo of health. Felt horrible about that. 150 pounds of fat ago. But that bothersome weight, that extra 30 pounds or 20 pounds you just can't kick, that can also be a problem because it can weigh you down psychologically. So it's... Different amount of fat, but it's the same process. It's seeking help. And when in your life have you had to sometimes turn to seek help? Probably a lot. Sometimes it's things mechanical where your body is the most advanced machine ever made. Designed by the most advanced maker in the world, God Almighty himself. And the people at Soda Weight Loss know how to get that machine to change gears, whether it's 150 pounds of unwanted fat or 20 to 30. They know how to get the body to change gears. They do this in a way that is unique to you. How you eat, where you live, how you travel, how often you exercise, the foods that trigger you or not. 
And they're healthcare providers from way back, so it's a judgment-free zone. And their success is self-evident. From one store in Dallas, Texas, to seven in Texas, to now nationwide, based upon word of mouth like this. It works. I've asked loved ones to get on it. They have, and it has worked for them. It's sodaweightloss.com, S-O-T-A, weightloss.com. Stands for state-of-the-art, by the way, soda, S-O-T-A. It's a fuel company. Let's go through, yeah, the fuel company that said this. Now, obviously, the company didn't say it, but it came out in the company press release. So let's just match up some headlines again. And then we'll dig into these. I talked about the, oh, you're, uh, uh, Arizonans are trespassing on the Arizona border. And, and my, my, my dead son, Bo, is in Arizona where he runs a uh, taco stand or something. I'm not making fun of dementia. I'm making fun of the fact that we are to pretend that Joe Biden is running anything. Headline one, fuel company issues diesel shortage warning says United States is rapidly devolving. Hmm. Headline number two from justthenews.com. Bye-bye trucks. California air regulators consider phasing out diesel big rigs. If adopted, the new rule <laughs> would, um, would end all new medium and heavy duty vehicles or would require them to get to zero emissions by 2040. So in other words, it would, <laughs> it would require that they be electric, which doesn't work, is monumentally expensive and doesn't have anything in common with zero emissions since the process of creating the trucks and delivering the trucks and mining for the core materials to make the electric trucks is not is not carbon neutral not that carbon is our problem it's not so two headlines side by side and there are people who will say we disagree on policy but we're good people okay We disagree on policy. You think you're a good person, but let me ask you this. Do good people ignore rapidly approaching catastrophes? Because it feels better to say, I'm a good person. Because that's what we're watching. The fuel company issuing this warning in the shortage uh, about the shortage of diesel, we began talking about this, what, two weeks ago or a week ago? We were down to 25 days of diesel fuel on hand in the United States of America. Where are we at today? 15? Now, I ain't no genius. But something tells me if we run out of diesel fuel, this could be bad. And this is from the Epic Times. A major fuel company has issued an alert about diesel fuel shortages in several southeastern United States. Well, it's just the southeast. For now. States that are expected to experience shortages include Alabama, Georgia, Tennessee, North Carolina, Virginia, and South Carolina. Mansfield Energy said in an alert last week. The company also noted extremely high prices in the northeast Poor pipeline shipping economics and historically low diesel inventories are combining to cause shortages in various markets throughout the Southeast, the company said. These have been occurring sporadically with areas like Tennessee seeing particularly acute challenges. It noted that fuel prices are 30 to 80 cents higher than the posted market average due to tight supply. 
while saying that fuel suppliers have to pull from the higher cost options at a time when low high spreads are much wider than normal. They have issued a alert stage four warning due to rapidly devolving conditions. And this again, according to the company's statement. For the southeastern United States, Mansfield said it is issuing a code red alert and is requesting 72-hour notices for delivery when possible to ensure fuel and freight can be secured at economic levels. This is the United States of America. We have enough oil here in raw form and petroleum in raw form to be an energy exporter. And in some ways, we still are an energy exporter, except the people who run the figurehead want this all shut down. And it's all the same swindle. I don't know how many times I can try to explain this. I'm just not very good at it. Maybe the Lord can help me this time. Well, let me rephrase that. Maybe I'll get out of God's way and allow him to take over. There is no shortage of raw goods. And the Lord Jesus, he showed time and time again that we have what we need, but for faith. We had the water. He had the faith. We got the wine. A little boy had a little bit of bread, some fish. He fed the 5,000. The apostles had a rowboat. Jesus walked on the water. He showed it time and again. Well, the self-made shortages, and just, just, just compare this. Was there a shortage of early treatment options for the COVID flu? Nope. Um, get plenty of sunshine. Crank up your levels of zinc and vitamin D. Uh, get outdoors. Have fresh air. Hydroxychloroquine, ivermectin, we know about these steps. And there's others. Is that the steps that people took? There's mouthwashes and nasal sprays that have been shown to kill the virus and to stop its spread in your body, to arrest it. Was there a shortage of any of that? No. So they enforced one, up to and including the United States Postal Service seizing people's shipments of ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine. Because they did not want you to be able to have early treatment. Is there a reason for a shortage in beef? Have we forgotten how to produce beef stock? Have ranchers forgotten how to ranch? No, there is a tightening of what it takes to run a ranch. There's the driving up of costs, courtesy of Bill Gates. There is the shifting of the marketplace by charging people money for that which we exhale, by putting a price on the thing that comes out of your mouth when you breathe out. But not when you breathe in, and you guess what? You won't get to breathe in unless you breathe out. You can't inhale unless you exhale. You do one of those things last, and then the next thing's not going to come back. 
So is there a shortage of, uh, should there be a shortage of cows? No. What are they doing? In the Netherlands, they're telling ranchers, you have to eliminate 70% of your cattle. Not sell, not eat, not store, eliminate. They are inventing a shortage because they intend to enforce a behavior. And the behavior is the same thing as the COVID flu. I talk a lot about behavioral kill shoots and a listener had said, please explain kill shoots. Most people have never seen a kill shoot. A kill shoot is a funnel. It's a fence shaped like a funnel. And you take dogs or, or horses or whatever you're using to drive the animal where you want the, the, the herd of animals to go wherever you want them to go. They run towards the fence. They can't tell. Like sometimes the opening of the funnel is a mile apart one side from the other. So they have no idea that they've been driven into the, 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 you know, the, the uh, open end of a funnel. And then slowly over time, it gets more and more narrow until there's only one place to go. And that is into the kill chute. And if you were dealing with responsible ranchers, then the animal is dispatched in a painless way. Never knows what happens to it. Never, never feels pain. And a behavioral kill shoot in COVID was everybody gets injected. It puts the needle in its skin if it wants to have life again. And in the case of meat, it's going to be the same thing. They're designing the same function. They are incre- they're inventing a shortage. They've invented an, an hysteria. They've invented supposed health, uh, uh, you know, health problems from eating any red meat, which is ridiculous and stupid and a lie. Just look at our teeth and the way the Lord designed them. There's a reason we have canines. And it ain't to chew on plants. And I have a daughter who is a vegan and I respect her choice. And in fact, there are some vegan things I eat and enjoy, particularly when she bakes them. And they're inventing a shortage. And the fix is what? It's lab grown. They control. They patent. They get to put in it whatever they choose to put in it up to and including mRNA. In Australia, they've already announced they're going to be injecting cows with mRNA. And you don't get to say anything about it. And that's that's to stop lumpy, lumpy skin disease. And what are they doing with fuel? It's the same exact movement. We're in a behavioral kill shoot, and this behavior leads to you're going to have an electric car or truck, or you're not going to drive. And as as I began to speak with people about this eight years ago, the reason for this is, or the reasons for this are many. One, turning over the entire inventory of cars in the United States by force, by blackmail is one of the biggest money shifts in history. It's forcing people to take money out of their savings accounts and hand it to big companies. It's Obamacare with cars, forcing people to purchase products they don't want from companies they don't like at prices they cannot afford for a service they don't need because they already have a car they like. And now we're seeing the invented shortage The caused shortage, it goes beyond planned obsolescence of diesel fuels. It's theft. It's lies at a massive level. And it's so utterly, utterly predictable now that we understand the dance and the dance goes the same way every single time. The problem is our freedom. 
The solution is more control for them. You can name anything you want. And the problem is our freedom. When it comes to these supply side issues and these supposedly consumer issues. Now, I am not a cynic overall because I know that we stand in a position of victory. I I know that the Lord delivers us from this. I know because he said he would. And when he says a thing, a thing is done. But there's a gentleman who is uh, a financier of startup companies, and he knows quite a bit. And he is even more optimistic than I am. I don't personally believe a great reset is inevitable. I think we're going to have a a long, hard fight on our hands, trying to fight against the narrative that's being pushed. But I think there are lots of things that we can do. There are lots of hurdles that the the globalists and the people at the WEF are going to face in trying to implement these kind of plans. WEF, World Economic Forum. Yes, I'm sure there are those hurdles that we can put in place. You'll hear his whole statement because he says much more than that. In fact, there's an entire debate about this. I'll give you the link to that. So I've just described economic uncertainty, haven't I? Did you think of Bulwark Capital Management when I did that? No, serious question. When I started to describe economic uncertainty, did you say, I bet he's going to talk about Bulwark Capital Management? All right. So then let me ask you this. If that thought came into your mind, have you yet taken the time to call Bulwark Capital Management at 866-779-RISK? See, it's top of mind for a reason. Maybe it's because we have Zach on every week. Maybe it's because, you know, I work with him for my finances. Maybe though it's this. Is this all starting to make sense as to why I selected Zach to be in our program once a week? Because isn't he the guy who's been warning about these things for a decade? Hadn't he talked about how underpriced the oil sector was, the fuel sector, the petroleum sector, the first time we had Zachary on this program? Didn't he say that? He did. He talked about the mismatch between why is it that Facebook stock is still through the roof, their earnings are off, people are not active on the platform, whereas you have this precious resource, gas and oil and copper and zinc for the electric cars, and their stock is not up even though the supply for these things is down. Zach has been warning us about what I call the chaos economy for a very long time now. So my question this week for everybody is this for you. Whether your portfolio is $5 million and you're in retirement and you are living your life helping to build the kingdom of God, or you're starting out and your portfolio's got 50 grand in it and it was hard earned, not that the 5 million wasn't, is your portfolio ready for the chaos economy? Do you know that? Well, because Zach Abraham set Bulwark Capital Management up with a complete zealous obsessive focus on risk management... That's the way they've always been set up. And that's why they tell folks, yes, we think you should invest your money with us, but not all of it. Because what if we have a bad year? See, they're consistent. Call Bork Capital Management at 866-779-RISK. That's 866-779-RISK or go to knowyourriskradio.com. Investment advice can be given under the client service agreement. Bulwark Capital Management is an investment advisor representative of Czech Financial LLC and SEC registered investment advisor. So this gentleman um, knows what he's talking about from a perspective of digital. He knows what he's talking about from a perspective of finance. 
And he is an investor and backer of companies, startups, et cetera. His name is Matt Guba, and he is much more optimistic than many. I don't personally believe a great reset is inevitable. I think we're going to have a, a long, hard fight on our hands trying to fight against the narrative that's being pushed. But I think there are lots of things that we can do. There are lots of hurdles that the, you know, the globalists and the people at the WEF are going to face in trying to implement these kind of plans, which are fundamentally... Um, a complete change in the way that we live our lives, uh, how we interact with the state, how we interact with businesses. So they've got a very big job and a very big fight on their hands. And as we as we kind of found with all the the, the stuff that's happened over the last couple of years with the coronavirus restrictions and the, you know the response to COVID, this kind of stuff lives and dies with public compliance. And the most important thing that we can all do is to continue to speak out, continue to resist <coughs> any attempts to implement the kind of policies, these horrific draconian um, authoritarian policies that the WEF is so keen on, things like digital ID, central bank digital currencies, um, social credit scoring. It's so important to be vocal and to speak out about this stuff because ultimately they can only implement this kind of stuff if the public comply and if the public go along with it. Without mass buy-in from the public, the, you know, the whole idea of the Great Reset, in my opinion, is dead in the water. The operational frameworks that are going to be required to implement things like CBDCs, digital ID, social credit on a mass scale, we're, we're years away from it yet. So we do have time and we, we do have some breathing space, but we need to stay kind of focused on trying to prevent it from happening because all this stuff, it's very easy for the general public to forget about. And then it keeps bubbling away in the background while no one really realizes it's happening. And then before you know it, it's kind of sprung on you. So I think it's so important to kind of keep, <clears throat> keep the message going and keep um, pushing out that, that resistance out there. I'm sorry for the cough. I, I mentioned and I didn't hit the mute button. I apologize about that. <clears throat> Fighting through a cold here. <clears throat> wow. That's interesting. You know, it's funny is uh, we have the national radio show starting on Saturday. As I recall, the first time I came back to radio, I came back with a cold on a solo show. Think about that. Trying to remember the time of year because I get this thing everywhere. In any case, let me get back to this. That's the other thing that happens when I get this cold is as I start to get brain fog. That's a new phrase. It's a COVID phrase and I shouldn't use it. Here's some questions for people. Just gentle questions I think that we can ask others. Why do you think that they're making everything be a shortage? That's just a question in conversation. Hey, I have a question for you. Why do you think the, the government is interested in us not having enough oil? Why do you think that is? Why do you think the government... Um, for instance, here's another way to ask this question. Why do you think that people who fly in private jets all the time are deeply invested in us not, not driving our own cars? Why is that? Why do you think that they keep changing the name for, for, for global warming? It was global warming and then it was climate change. Now it's climate catastrophe. Why do they keep doing that? Why isn't it just, isn't it just one phenomena? Why does it need the new, the new brands? And why are they always wrong in their projections? Because Al Gore had said that we only had until about four years ago. No, uh, yeah, uh, the Maha was still alive. God rest him. Rush was still alive when that day came and went. He had been using that, uh, the audio from the Gore's film 
an inconvenient series of lies for for a long time. Russia has been saying, "Okay, the, the folks, the day is coming past." Al Gore, Al Gore said we'd be underwater by now. So why is it that they're always wrong in their projections? And let's not stop. Let's just simply not stop. The Nancy Pelosi stuff is in the news. And someone made a really great point. Before they blurred their house out on Google News, every house in that neighborhood, in their defense, in their defense, every house in the neighborhood had solar panels sapped, sapped the Pelosi's. No solar panels. Why is that? How does it help feed the world to destroy beef cattle in the Netherlands? How does it help the poor? How does it help the marginalized? Incidentally, why are we not destroying dogs and cats? Now, this is a tough one, and you have to be careful with this because it will freak people out. And every time I did this on live radio, when we took calls, there were outraged people. And I would, I would take calls from people who were big into global warming or climate catastrophe, what have you. And I'd ask them, hey, can I ask you a question? Do you have pets? Yes, I have pets. What do you have? Two dogs. Are they big dogs? Medium dogs? All right. Did you know that uh, one medium-sized dog will expel more carbon in its life than any vehicle, even an SUV? Oh, I doubt that very much. Well, let's think about this. Do you turn your dog off at night? Do you switch it off? (laughs) As if, all right, you don't switch your dog off at night. Your dog continues to breathe and expel gases in multiple ways, right? Your SUV doesn't. You drive it for three hours a day. And then it's parked and it's not expelling carbon, is it? A dog is doing it all the time. Now, understand, I love dogs. I love our dog. We, you know, I was, I told you about losing our, our, our little dog and, and how heartbreaking that was. And how blessed I felt to be able to be there with him, at least when he was losing his life and to provide that comfort to him. Hopefully it was a comfort to him. I think it was. But truly, if you are panicked and the world is ending because of carbon, then you would not have pets. And you would, in fact, you would negate the pets you have or you would eliminate them to to say it in a more exact term. So we have to just present these things to people. So wait a minute, if cows are doing all of this, all of this damage, then dogs are not. Oh, well, cows, it's methane. Oh, okay. So methane is uniquely bad, but not, not uh, carbon. I thought it was carbon. Oh, well, car- the methane, and they, they get lost because it can't be defended. You cannot defend being the number one, you know, pet owning nation and also saying we have to, we have to eliminate the cows and say it's because of the, uh, say it's because of the environment. So there's multiple ways to do this. And on the digital ID front and on the, on the central banking, you know, uh, as CBDs, central bank digital currencies, CBDCs, we get to ask them and we should be asking them, are you good if Ron DeSantis becomes president? Are you good with him being able to track your purchases? Are you good if President Trump is reelected? Are you good with President Trump being able to have an organization that tracks your purchases? Are you good with the um, with a, a loathsome conservative Republican Christian being able to look into whatever you purchase at any time? Are you all good with that? Because I'll tell you what, 
I'll trade you my dislike of the policies and my hatred of the policies of the left and the fact that I don't trust them. I'll trade you that for your distrust of Republican and conservative policies. And we can meet in the middle and say, hey, let's not give any governments any authority to track our purchases in any way in ways they can restrict. Because frankly, they're already doing it through credit cards, but it's a lot harder for for them to restrict it. Oh, wait until you see the Catherine Engelbart or Engelbart thing. Talked about that. You know, if someone knows something about risk, uh, it is Mike Lindell at MyPillow. And he knows about it because, you know, it's a funny thing. And people, some people don't know this. Uh, but MyPillow did not come out of the, uh, the gates an international brand. And Mike Lindell did not start it one day and the next day find himself on TV doing TV ads. Mike Lindell hustled. And my friend Dory Monson, who's a market dominant radio host in Seattle, he says that hustle beats everything. I say this, hustle and perseverance. I say you have to have the two, beat everything. Hustle, you get there first, you get the work done, you get out perseverance you can hustle up be doing the work and get slapped in the face and dropped and you're done and if you don't have perseverance you can't get back up hustle and perseverance and there's other things being on time and attention to detail and all that but those qualities are what get things done mike lindell had the hustle driving from state fair to state fair by the way have you ever done that i've done that that's hard back when i was a kid i demonstrated um oh, i can't remember the name of this stuff it was like a competitor to Scotch Guard, and you'd you'd spray it on your couch, and then you could slice your aorta and drip blood on it, and it wouldn't get into the couch. Or that's a bad way to say it. Although that was a pretty effective demo when I did that. Just opened up my aorta. Watch this. Actually, I used grape juice, and I spray it on the or drop it on the the fabric, and and I would sit around and give the the presentations, and you give people a cotton ball. One was coated with our chemicals. One wasn't. And oh, look, now you're, you know, and so that, that's exhausting. I used to do it at Costco's too. Mike Lindell did all of that. Hustle and perseverance. Well, when the party came along and said, we're going to destroy you. We're going to get you out of the retail stores. We're going to, we're going to attack your websites and your social media sites. And we're going to go after you and we're going to smear your name. A lot of people would have said, oh, well, you know, take my, my, my multi-millions and leave the country. Not Mike. He's still there selling pillows and sheets. And here's the deal. I sleep well on my pillow because it's a great product, because you can wash it and get the, uh, the mites out of it and such. I also sleep well knowing I'm supporting a guy who stands by his beliefs and free speech and will not be crushed by the party. Mike is offering you this deal. Go to MyPillow.com slash Herman. When you do, you'll get Mike's best offer ever. You receive a standard MyPillow for only $19.88. Use the promo code Herman for special deep discounts on all MyPillow products. That's MyPillow.com slash Herman, promo code Herman. So go to my page, MyPillow.com slash Herman and use the promo code Herman. Remember this, made in the United States of America. A 10-year warranty. You know it's going to last And you know that you are putting your head down on a pillow shared by patriots around the country. It's a good gift for others as well. Go to MyPillow.com slash Herman. Use the promo code to take advantage of this special offer from Mike Lindell. And thank you, Mr. Lindell, for giving us the opportunity to persevere alongside you, sir. Should be a good time to... I love this. The only knee we take is to the Lord. The Todd Herman Show. (laughs) 
I found a bunch of those because we're going to be using them on the radio show. There's some that we haven't played yet that I, I, I do enjoy. The big voice. So Catherine uh, Engelbrecht has been detained. Okay, George Webb here in Houston. And uh, the Greg Phillips and Catherine Engelbrecht have been taken into custody by U.S. Marshals. I just saw the judge read out a um, kind of a, hey, you guys haven't complied. It all comes down to this meeting in this Dallas hotel where they were accessing supposedly the Connect servers. And so uh, Catherine Engelbrecht is not at this meeting. Uh, only Greg Phillips is. He said he's a confidential informant. He said this other gentleman named Mike Hansen, Mike Hansen, who was there, also was a confidential informant for the FBI. And the defense also said the other third person uh, was also a confidential informant. They just don't want to give up the name of the third person. Again, um, Catherine Engelbrecht here is being put on the hook for something Greg Phillips is saying. And I don't think, I don't think uh, she knows that this is a very typical. Uh, if they can't get you actually committing the crime, they get you on a process crime. Um, and the process crime here is obstruction of justice. The process crime here is contempt of court. Uh, so if they don't get you one way, they're going to try to get you the other way. And I really would suggest that she split herself and her attorneys from the Phillips attorneys. I think this is a big mistake. They're going to have one day of, of on the 10th floor is the jail here. And the 11th floor is uh, floor is where the court is. They're going to be held here in custody for one day and, and uh, sweating, you know, sweat box, hot box, the witness until she gives this up. And then she's going to be an accessory to the fact. Again, I think they're sweating the witness here. This is the process that's going on. I, I urge, I, I spoke to um, Ivory Hecker. I gave her, I've seen this before in Washington, D.C. so many times by Adam Schiff at the, at, the, at the Roger Stone trial. I've seen it with the fake DNC emails. This is sweating the witness to try to get processed crimes. Uh, Mike Flynn trial, D. John Keon trial. It's all, I've, seen them, I've seen this a million times. Split the defense. Ask for a split defense right now, because otherwise the Phillips team will take you right over. That's George Webb, investigative reporter. And George, brother, um, you have a link to PayPal on your Twitter bio. Uh, I, I don't mean to try to pretend to know a bunch, but I know that PayPal has reinstituted their fine. They can take 2500 bucks away from you, George. Mr. Webb, I've not met you uh, because you're saying things they don't like. I, I would I would get out of that. 2500 bucks out of your pocket. So I've met Catherine Engelbart uh, virtually and interviewed her twice. She's an incredibly brave woman. And I consider her an honest woman. And then there's this. This is from the Texas Tribune. And they get to an interesting turn in the story in the sixth paragraph. In chaotic Texas court hearing, true the vote leaders found in contempt. Get to paragraph number one. After a chaotic day of testimony on Thursday, a federal judge in Texas found Catherine Engelbrecht and George Phillips, known as the leaders of the group True the Vote, in a contempt of court. They're facing accusations of defamation and computer crimes from a company at the center of a rival, uh, pardon me, a viral right-wing social media campaign engineered by the conservative voting organization. By the way, what is conservative about voter ID and counting all the votes? Um, that are legal and not counting the illegal votes and having one day of voting 
How is that conservative, actually? But let me get back to the story. That was paragraph number one. Paragraph number two. The judge informed the pair they would face jail time if they did not comply with the terms of a court order by Monday at 9 a.m. Paragraph number three, I expect both defendants to be president, said present, said U.S. District Judge Kenneth Hoyt, a Ronald Reagan appointee, looking at their table. Marshals, he said, would be ready to arrest them. Paragraph five. Is that right? No, paragraph four. If paragraph four. Thursday's findings of contempt was the latest in a string of twists in the civil suit filed in September by Connect a Michigan-based company that provides poll worker management software to election offices. Um, Five. No, yeah, paragraph five. In filings and testimony, the basic facts and plot lines have shifted from week to week, often producing unexplained contradictions. True the vote telling, uh, pardon me, true the vote telling involves a lengthy middle-of-the-night hotel rendezvous, double-crossing federal agents, confidential informants, and security threats on two continents. Connect's lawsuit, on the other hand, alleged that True the Vote's baseless and racist accusations against the company's CEO, Eugene Yu. Do you notice a change in how they are reporting this? The uh, racists, uh, and of course, just strike that word. It means nothing when it comes out of the mouth or uh, the pen of a Mockingbird media member. There is no, at that point, you know there's no racism. True the Vote's baseless and racist accusation against the company's CEO, Eugene Wu, forced him and his family to flee their home and fear for their lives and damage the company's business. Meanwhile, meanwhile, we get to this. Meanwhile, now we get to this. Meanwhile, Yu was arrested and charged by the Los Angeles District Attorney on allegations of storing government data in China in breach of its contract that appears similar to at least some of the allegations True the Vote has made. And Los Angeles officials said they received an initial tip from Phillips. <laughs> Is that racist? Baseless right wing? For years, Engelbrecht and Philip have come under fire for promoting election conspiracy theories while offering scant evidence to support them. But their current campaign against Connect is forcing them to back up what they've said since August on far-right social networks and platforms in the more skeptical setting of a courtroom. Far-right, right-wing, baseless. No, what Catherine Engelbart has said countless times is if you create an environment that welcomes fraud, you will get fraud. If you choose to not protect the vote by checking ID, by making signatures match, by not sending out more ballots than ballots have been requested by a factor of, or by you know, 400,000 extra ballots. If you don't let people accept ballots after the deadline, if you don't let organizations that are left-wing set up anonymous drop boxes, if you don't allow ballot harvesting, you will end up with cleaner elections. That's not trading in conspiracy theories. You apply that to anything else. Anything else. Let's try it. Let's apply it to stocks. You show up at your broker's office and you say, man, whoo, that Twitter thing, that, that's amazing. The price points on that, I need to get paid. Oh, did you invest? Oh, yeah. Yep. Where'd you buy it? I bought it five bucks. That's so good. Oh, awesome. Awesome. You know what? I'm glad to pay this off. If I could just have the receipts. 
Because Twitter, what did the deal close at? 55 bucks a share and you bought it five. How many, how many shares did you buy? 10 million. You bought 50 million in Twitter. Yes, I did. Receipt for that? Racist. You're a racist. Well, we're both white. Oh, okay, never mind. Uh, no, I don't have a receipt. When did you buy that stock? Today. What, did you buy it from a private party and he sold it to you for five bucks? No, I just bought it. It breaks down. Everything breaks down. Show up at an airline. Like to get on my flight? You have ID? Racist. It breaks down. IRS calls you. Prove that you made these donations. Hold on. What are you doing? I'm writing out a receipt for myself. Well, you can't write it out now. The donations were two years ago. Well, what's it matter? It's, it's after the date you do this with ballots. It breaks down. I am increasingly convinced that there's a couple things that we need to really focus on. One of them is the nature of people held captive uh, by spiritual forces, and they simply can't see what's going on. They simply cannot see the truth. The other is we cannot be drawn into hating them. We need to understand that they're captives. But then there's this, and it is a fascinating, fascinating aspect of the spiritual life as lived out on earth. If you spend your time totally adverse to the word of God, if you spend your time making yourself into your own God, if you spend your time mocking the word of God, if you spend your time believing God does not, not exist, if you believe your time constructing your own rules for life made up around your desires, fleshly or otherwise, greed or flesh or hubris, whatever, you spend your time con- you know, conducting your life around those things that you worship around those icons, do you think that you might one day forget You might one day not hear God's voice that he might turn his face from you in such a sufficient way that you won't hear his voice until judgment day when he says, hi, I'm God. You're not in the book of life. Goodbye. Do you think that's possible? Because yes, the energy company is right. The United States is at a point that I would call rapidly devolving, a rapidly devolving situation. And the question I asked at the top of the show, 79% of likely voters say the United States is out of control. What happens when they're right? What's your plan? I hope you have one. This isn't a survivalist show. I'm not qualified to teach such a thing. What's your first plan? Mine? to win the battle on my knees. Truly. Some trust in chariots and horses. I trust in God Almighty. And I want to practice that. And here's a little prayer. Father, I do believe. Father God, I do believe that you will walk through us with this. And Lord, where I don't believe, help my disbelief. Father, where my faith is weak, please give me more faith. My secondary plan is to have friends who are ready for when stuff falls apart. To have friends who can help with barter and trade and protection and food. 
We have land, we've got food storage, we've got water, we've got access to emergency foods in the form of things that, that are right now walking around in, our, in the nature, in the wilderness behind us and swimming in our lakes. If you're in the cities, do you have a plan? There are what, 19, 18, 17, 16 days of diesel left in the United States of America. Now they're going to make sure that we get through the election. But remember this, COVID was the election and the election was COVID. And if the Democrats lose the House and the Senate, do you not think they're going to wind right back up the hate machines and the division machines? They will. So what's our plan for that? Our battle is not flesh and blood. It's not against flesh and blood. It's against spirits and principalities that are allowed to effectively run this earth. That's my battle plan. That and two years of food storage, a whole bunch of ammunition, not to go attack, but in case we are attacked and friends who have very much the same thing. And a collection of books. Yeah, books. Make sure that you have books. Being able to feed your mind in such a circumstance is big. That is the Todd Herman Show. Me struggling through brain fog and a cold, but toughen it out. Yeah, so hard doing a podcast. Please go be well, be strong, be kind, and be sure that you trust in the right things.